Welcome back to the show. We're back to learn the secret sauce. so much for making the ride did you ride your bike down i did ride my bike down are, are you carless in the east bay no i have a car uh i like road trips a lot so keep a car around uh but if i'm just going in between yeah. you know berkeley and oakland i'll, I'll bike it, it, it's a great ride yeah. I, I um i used to live off of 59th and telegraph mm-hmm. so it's like right between three bart stations mm-hmm. so you've got like ashby MacArthur, and rockridge mm-hmm. and Depending on the weather and how I felt, I'd either ride the bike down to MacArthur, ride the bike in the city to get to work, to get to GitHub, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I missed that. I live in East Oakland now. But we didn't talk about, we're not here to talk about Oakland and, and Berkeley. Uh, talking about, because you're one of the maintainers for the CLI. Mm-hmm. And do you guys just call it the CLI? Uh, I, I call it GH. GH? So that's the command's name, but our official name is the GitHub CLI. The GitHub CLI, <laughs> which is open sourced. Mm-hmm. Uh, it launched uh, 2021? Yeah, around 2021. Yeah. Okay. So we, I want to talk about that mm-hmm. and how to do open source <laughs> at a company, which is it's very unique at GitHub, uh, as you, you will share your experience uh, mm-hmm. working as an outside co- contributor or mm-hmm. collaborator. Um, but I wanted to talk about your background first. So we, we sure. briefly found that you went to school in Indiana. Yeah. Uh, what school? Uh, just a little Quaker college called Earlham. Okay. Earlham College. I'm going to pull my naive <laughs> card. And what's a Quaker college? <laughs> uh, so a Quaker college is uh, a college that's run by Quakers. Uh, and Quakers are a religious organization. Um, they're, I don't know how to describe them. Uh, they like peace and consensus and equity, social justice. That's kind of their whole thing. So I went not as a practicing Quaker, but I just, I really liked their code of ethics. I liked their okay. kind of like, you know, approach to politics and stuff. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I've got a lot of Wikipedia to look into because <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. They were uh, chased out of the, the colonies in uh, early America. They, they were hated by the other Puritans, excommunicated and all that. Yeah. Uh, they were too chill. You know, you couldn't be chill in the 1600s. Like you had to be a jerk, you know, to get by. Okay. Puritan yeah, I mean, society. Cutthroat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally cutthroat because uh, literally that's what the, yeah, <laughs> what the folks came through and did. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we don't need to do that, all that history lesson. But yeah, so you got a CS degree. Did you study CS? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I didn't go with that intention. Um, yeah, I want to be a writer. Uh, okay. And I got to college and I said, uh, money is going to run out. Uh, I don't feel like having a huge pile of loans. I should probably get a job. And I like computers. So I chose CS. So. Excellent. And we, I already, before we started talking, you know, talk about all the places you've lived, mm-hmm. uh, but I actually want to talk about where you worked. Uh, mm-hmm. so after college, I know you eventually got the Venmo, but how did you get the Venmo? So it's a long winding road. Uh, so well, first I actually worked for my college. So that was one of the reasons I went there was cause I was going to major not in CS, but they had this really cool thing, uh, called applied groups where it was like an apprenticeship program. So from my first year, um, I was apprenticing under a web developer who was employed by the school, and it was huge. Like I got to learn all these skills um, and get paid. It was like my work study like thing. So uh, it was amazing. I, I really, really valued it. And so I worked on my college's course registration system, and I developed uh, a couple of new features for that. I did support for it. Um, yeah, it was a huge, like big responsibility and a huge learning opportunity. Is it was awesome. Uh, so why'd you leave that then? <laughs> oh, because they, uh, 
Okay, I was going to swear. They, uh, they, they, they canceled it. They, yeah, they got oh, okay. rid of it. They bought an Oracle product for tens of thousands of dollars, <laughs> and it was awful. And that I was really sense. mad, and I quit. <laughs> got it. I went to work for the radio station instead. The ra- okay, we can't escape by that. So you, did you do code at the radio station? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I did. I was a computer person, so IT, um, web development. Uh, I managed the – we had, like, really crude internet streaming. This was, like, 2008 or so. So that would have been what's the the FM thing? Like I remember back in the day, all the radio stations were going like the clear channel stations were going, mm-hmm. and you could stream radio on the internet, which is like the the Silicon Valley thing. We uh, <laughs> so like we had this ancient desktop computer under a desk in the booth, and it had some wires running from the studio, uh, and it was running IceCast, the open okay. source yes. uh, streamer, and and on the, on our website. Uh, I wrote up instructions on like how to open it in VLC and like listen to it, just the raw network stream. So we didn't have a fancy website. Uh, this is before HTML5. You know, we didn't have an audio element and all that yeah. stuff. So, uh, but people used it. Yeah, people followed my instructions. They all installed VLC, opened the network stream. Yeah, it worked pretty well. What, what type of radio stations was it that people would go to the jumping through hoops? It was just the college radio station. Okay. Yeah. So like I had a I had a noise show uh, called Dead Air that I had a lot of fun doing. Uh, I would get these like confused calls from really old people in Indiana who were listening. Like, Wait, what? could you explain noise shows? Oh, I know, yeah, yeah. But- um, well, no, so noise music is just like, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's music that's not focused on rhythm or tonality. It's just like big walls of sound and weird experimental stuff. So, yes. yeah, I introduced rural Indiana to that through college radio. Uh, our most popular show was like um, a local person came in, did like an old timey country show. People love that. So it was like every genre, ineptly run, terrible automation. Yeah. Classic college radio story. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So you cut your teeth there mm-hmm. um, after you, you ran from the Oracle project. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then what was next? Uh, so after that, I got a job uh, in town where my college was uh, doing web development. Uh, I wrote Pearl. That's okay. My, I remember my Pearl. First job at a college. Yeah. Um, and I, we worked on adoptapet.com, which is like a cool nonprofit for huh? finding shelter pets. So, and that was local to Indiana? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. It's a little, like, you know, seven, eight-person company. Yeah. It was uh, founded by graduates from my college who just stuck around. And Yeah. Is that um, still around? No. Long gone. <laughs> Long gone, yeah. Adopt-a-pet is still around, and I, I, I still highly recommend using it, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. We're, we're in the market for a dog. So, yeah, it's, it's perfect. You can... Uh, yeah, search search for shelter pets. Uh, I worked a lot on the search engine. I think a bunch of my code is still in there. You can save uh, save searches as RSS feeds. That was like my my huge like feature that I'm super proud of. Not that anybody uses RSS anymore, but <laughs> no, I honestly I I was thinking about it yesterday because uh, we have a newsletter and we have a blog for open source. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't know if we even set up RSS and no one's complained. So I guess yeah. we'll just continue to move on because last time I set up a blog, there was RSS mm-hmm. a long time ago. I love RSS. I, I, it's, I'm waiting for it to come back. I think yeah. it's great. Well, Google Reader, uh, rest in peace. I know. Uh, I, I think there's been like quite a few new, like try to, well, there's no replacement because it's dead. But like I think Feedly was the thing I used for a while. And then like Pocket was another one that I used. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's ever been a replacement. But I think the way startups go is if you just redo the thing that happened 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Just put do a, it faster and put AWS. Put a fresh cone of paint on it. Yeah. Figure yeah. out how to spin it differently to a VC. Web3. Yeah. 
There, yeah, just say that, and then you'll, people just hand you money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, AI is the one. Ex- yeah, excuse me, it's it's AI now. RSS on AI, <laughs> I don't know how that would work, but I'm sure if you got RSS.ai, yeah. it would work. I'll go to my marketing material and I'll just like string replace uh, Web three for AI, and then funding is just going to roll in. It's going to yeah. be that simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, how long did you spend your time at Adopt a Pet? Uh, I, I was a backend uh, engineer, so yeah, just. Um, Figuring out, uh, I mean, we were working with CGI application. It's a web framework built on the CGI.pm library. So a lot of just like figuring out how that works. Um, and, you know, we had a lot of weird idiosyncratic things. Like we shared a testing database. So like we couldn't all run the test suite at the same time. You know, figuring out that kind of stuff. I, I did a bunch of improvements around that. And um, yeah, work closely with the designer on implementing new features and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like... You know, I, I started coding. Well, I started professionally coding with Git, so everything else was like copy and paste, put scripts, put a bunch of mm-hmm. places. Never had to do like with a team. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's amazing when you hear stuff like "could not run the test." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. yeah, you had to pass it around. That's like, was it not Git based then back then? No, no. It was, uh, well, I guess we, Perl. Then was it um, was an SVN? I think you might never guess. It was Darks. Darks. We used Darks. No, I've heard of Darks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we used Darks. Um, it was like really cool, but there weren't branches. Uh, it turns out branches are really nice. So yeah, when I I found GitHub um, and I found Git, and I I was really happy with it. Yeah, it, I didn't really look back after was that. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Around there, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the What's the story behind you behind your GitHub handle? Uh, it is stolen from somebody else's, uh, cool art project. Um, they took a bunch of, uh, Shakespeare and they, uh, they scanned it, uh, into JPEGs and allowed the compression to like kind of distort it. And then they OCR'd it, printed out what the OCR came up with, scanned it again, let it compress. And so you could watch all this text just degrade, uh, you know, over time. Uh, and I, th- I thought that was really funny. Uh, and the name William Shakespeare uh, got mangled into Vilma Bim Shacks for Peas. Uh, and I just thought that that was really funny. So I was in the market for a new handle and I had just seen that art project and I was like, I'll be Vilma Bim. So, yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Because I remember one, I think when we had chatted when I worked at GitHub, I think I called you Tim once mm. because your handle kind of <laughs> it looked like Tim to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I just completely butchered his name. I don't know if you, you didn't pick up on it. But <laughs> there's no no uh, there's no official pronunciation of my handle for sure. I mean, I say Vilma Bim, but it's you know whatever you. It could be Tim. Make it up. I don't care. It's <laughs> I love how how Quaker you are about about this. Yeah, sure. I don't know if I just verb that, but uh, we'll we'll make it a thing. Mm-hmm. That's fine. So uh, so congratulations for graduating out of darks. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Did you, how many jobs did you have between <laughs> GitHub and... and, and uh, let's see. So after Adopt-a-Pet, uh, I went to uh, this company called Cox Media Group Digital and Strategy. It, the name kept getting longer. Um, but we were like... So I moved to Atlanta for that job. Um, and we were tasked with like creating a new CMS with Django for a whole bunch of newspapers and radio stations and TV stations to use. So like all these local markets throughout the country, we're going to use our CMS to just publish their news. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I did a lot of uh, JavaScript engineering. Um, I ended up like leading JavaScript development there, doing training, best practices, introducing testing, um, a lot of ads optimization, 
I was kind of soul draining, but I uh, made some great friendships. Um, yeah, had a, had a pretty good time there. And then after that was Puppet, Puppet Labs. Okay. Uh, that, I do know that company. I know Cox, but also mm-hmm. I know Puppet as well. Yeah, I uh, did Puppet. I did that remotely for a while. Then I, I did move to Portland uh, to work there for a bit. Um, and I worked, I kind of, the, the product that I was hired to work on got canceled in 30 days of my starting. So it was a weird, it's a weird time. I just kind of bounced around stuff and then uh, worked on Enterprise for a while. Uh, then I went to Venmo uh, because I Googled, you know, like find me a remote job that'll send me to New York for free. And that and I, Venmo came up. So I picked it. Uh, that was a real weird experience working at Venmo. Uh, and then was this pre pre PayPal? No, it was post PayPal. Post PayPal. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you got to GitHub and worked on the Gitcoin team. Yes. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't know Gitcoin is the, the billing team. Yes. Not a cryptocurrency. We, uh, yeah. I like, I like cringe when I, I say my former team name, uh, not, not because I, I, I want to speak poorly of them, but just because everyone thought we were doing a cryptocurrency. Like, yes, no. I thought I thought that when I got there. And then the Gitcoin project happened a little bit later after that. Yeah, it did. Yeah, that didn't help anything. So I think that team is just called billing now or billing, <laughs> billings and payments or something. So, yeah. Yeah, they deleted all the, the soda panda rockets and the pizza penguins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Things are very clear and, and uh, clearly named now. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I didn't realize you had such a tour through the Internet, uh, mm-hmm. but also through the U.S., but you got to fintech yeah. uh, from Venmo to GitHub, and then what was your experience? When did you join? You joined GitHub 2018. 2018, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because we're at, we're within a week, a couple mm-hmm. weeks of each other mm-hmm. joining, and uh, so how was that experience? Um, it was positive. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I just I really liked GitHub at the time. Yeah. You know, like it it was such a formative tool for me. Like the age that I was. Um, you know, in college I learned CVS and SVN and then, you know, darks and I don't, you know, I was trying to work with Google code at the time and, um, GitHub just felt awesome. It was fun to use. It was straightforward. And I felt like, um, I was just really proud of like being able to fill up my list of repositories, you know, and, and kind of like look at this weird garden that I was tending of all these side projects and weird ideas. And it just felt nice having them in one place. And it was you know, finding like I made friendships over GitHub, like people would find my weird projects and submit a patch. Like I had a friend come to my wedding that I met because he submitted a PR to my one of my repos. What, and, like, what project was that? Uh, it was a, this weird art project called Moo Repl. Um, it's a multiplayer closure REPL. So uh, it's like a remote code execution turned into a game. Uh, so yeah, a bunch of people can just shell into the same like closure REPL and then <laughs> share a namespace. So define variables and stuff. And I added like a thin little layer for making like a game in it. So making rooms and, you know, and picking up items and stuff like that. So people, you know, come in, write a bunch of closure, build out this little text-based virtual world. Um, and yeah, just, uh, this person uh, happened to live in the same city as me and came across it, submitted a patch and... Yeah, been friends ever since. So yeah, I just getting to actually work at GitHub was was a pretty big deal. Yeah, felt good. Yeah, that that's really cool. That's a great story too, as well. And you know, it's it's everyone has a story like that where you know, I I was in not on GitHub, but I was on Reddit mm-hmm. on the React Reddit, and uh, one of the moderators um, I would interact with and like answer questions. Well, he wasn't a moderator. I was actually answering questions. They were just a new React user, mm-hmm. and they had like saw my answer and like was unblocked. And then he eventually became a moderator mm-hmm. and then eventually started working in my last job uh, before GitHub at Netlify. Mm-hmm. And um, he mentioned that to me in passing. I was like, oh, 
I didn't know we crossed paths, but yeah, your, your handle looks familiar. And, um, yeah, anyway, that person was Swix. I don't know if I probably should have said Swix, but, uh, mm-hmm. Swix for po- pokes in the react world know who Swix is. Um, but what I'm getting at is, uh, okay. So you're at GitHub, mm-hmm. but you, you're working on the GitHub, GH CLI or GH, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always called it CLI cause at GitHub it's easier. Yeah. Cause, uh, the way the, um, the way the, the full name is it's CLI slash CLI. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. which, you know, it's, it's memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's the story behind the CLI? So it started with, uh, actually with a defunct project. Um, yeah, so he, yeah, he made hub and, uh, so hub was, it was really neat. It was a wrapper around Git, And the idea was you replaced Git with hub and you could use these additional features that would just kind of appear, um, to interact with GitHub. And so it kind of blurred the line between Git and GitHub a lot more. And the person who ended up maintaining that was Mislav, uh, who I work with now. And so, yeah, uh, someone floated this idea of like, why don't we, you know, people seem to like this hub project. Um, what would it look like if we actually staffed a team around it? Because Mislav was actually doing it in his spare time. Yeah. Uh, he, he was not getting, it was not his day job. So um, the team, you know, the idea uh, got pitched and, um, Someone, you know, my, my, my boss, Neha, uh, was looking for recruits. And I mean, I love the command line. I love text. I love open source. So it was like, is, is this real? Uh, yeah, I was really excited to, uh, to get involved. Um, so, you know, we all sat down in a room and just said, well, like, we have staff. We have funding. What are we going to do? And we had to make the call of, um, are we going to just maintain Hub and build new features there? Or are we going to do something brand new? Um, and that was actually a really tough decision. We, we spent like a couple of weeks just going back and forth and thinking about that. Um, we made the call to do something new. And I, in retrospect, I feel it was the right yeah, decision. Yeah, what was Hub written in? Weird story. Yeah. Uh, Hub was written in Ruby. Okay. But uh, it was starting to have some really serious uh, performance issues. And people were unhappy trying to use it as this like daily uh, tool in their, in their workflow. And so... Um, and at this point, Mislav was the maintainer, and someone just showed up with a pull request to just rewrite the entire thing and go, like, "Hey, I, hey, I did this, and do you want it?" Uh, so Mislav, I and I don't uh, want to get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure he had never written Go, never read Go, and but he looked at the benchmarks and he was like, "Oh, that's fast." And so sure, he took it. So it was written in Go, but it was like this, you know, like full formed out of somebody's head to shut up in a PR, uh, and it was getting kind of hard to maintain for that reason because like yeah, the people maintaining it uh you know they weren't super familiar with uh with this new version so so we took a lot of the lessons from that and some of the code from that and put it into uh into this new thing which is also go yeah that that makes sense to sort of start fresh Mm -hmm. instead of like trying to figure out this tech debt and then folks who maybe missed that PR and come back and like, Hey, where, who moved my cheese? <laughs> uh, I actually, so I actually did a contribution to the CLI, um, a couple, like uh, maybe six months after it was launched. Okay. And, uh, I had actually done go, uh, at my previous employer, but I got sort of pigeonholed into only doing JavaScript and, mm-hmm. and react stuff. And I was like, Oh, I want to do go. So like I ended up just sort of looking for, uh, no, actually, I was using the CLI because as the developer advocate at GitHub, it's like, hey, we need to talk about stuff and mm-hmm. interject it in storytelling. So I was like, oh, let me just get comfortable with the CLI. And I used Hub quite a few jobs ago. Mm-hmm. It was like someone had recommended us use Hub commands. And it was like, oh, this is cool, but like forgot about it. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't remember what my contribution was, to be quite honest. Um, I'm sorry that I don't either. <laughs> yeah, I think Mislav was the one who merged he, it. Yeah, he probably did. Yeah, he's a lot more, I think, the face of the project. I don't yeah. think people really know who I am usually. but <laughs> Yeah, but I, I will say that the experience was really nice. of writing, Excellent. like Picking up Go, um, it's like the, the lower levelness of... Mm-hmm. I didn't write C ever. Like I did a C book, maybe took a course. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a Harvard EDX course, which is starts in C or starts in scratch, then goes mm-hmm. to C. But so I like Go because it forces me out of the place where I was with Ruby and JavaScript. Mm-hmm. And like I get to think about things differently mm-hmm. and like try to think about, you know, performance and things like that. So I would say if you're interested, and I'm not selling it very well, but like I would definitely check it out. Uh, but I didn't want to have – sorry, check it out to make a contribution. But I did want to have a conversation around like doing open source under the umbrella of GitHub, which you said that you feel like more of an outside contributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk yeah. to me about that. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I mean, it was really important to us when we designed this new thing. We wanted it to be fully open source. And we wanted it to be – you know, because we're – we're really aware, we're trying to be really aware of, of vendor lock-in. Like we're not yeah. trying to do that to you. Um, and so, yeah, our tool is completely GitHub specific, but it was really important to us that it be fully open source. And more than that, in order to encourage contribution, we wanted to only use public APIs. So we, we intentionally set up our team to only have the, the kind of tools that an external contributor would have. So, you know, obviously I can go open up, you know, the GitHub code and, and figure out how an API works if I need to. Um, but in terms of what we put, what we ship in our, you know, in the final product of uh, GH release, it's all the same stuff that any any random person out there has access to. So the what that ended up doing to our team is, I think, increasingly we we took on that role of external contributor and ended up being um, and being advocates for that perspective. Um, and I think that's been really healthy because. A lot of times, and this is not a GitHub problem, but a lot of companies, you know, they making an API for something can feel perfunctory. Like, well, we got to have an API because you got to have an API and you, you set it up and then you ship it and then you forget about it. Um, you know, we're actually working with that API, teaching contributors how to work with that API and seeing what issues there might be with it. And so that's we've ended up funneling a lot of feedback back into the company of, yeah. of from that kind of work. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest, I, I used to always say this from stage all the time when I was doing DevRel, but like the biggest consumer of the GitHub API is GitHub engineers. Mm-hmm. But the GitHub engineers also have like the, the ripcord and be like, oh, yeah, this, the thing that happens all the time, including at open source, is like you hit a rate limit and you're like, oh, it'd be great if mm-hmm. we didn't have this blocker. So like even with the CLI, I assume you hit the rate limit oh, as yeah. well. Oh, and I have. Believe me. Yeah, I've done some stupid stuff with bash loops. <laughs> yeah, so you just take a you take an hour break, go get a lunch yeah, or something. Exactly, yeah, go make coffee and just wait. Yeah, no, I don't get any any special privilege to the point where like I have a testing account uh, that I use a lot. And I, I tried to make another one to have like different properties. I'm not, I'm not even allowed to have that. So yeah, no, I'm, I, I feel very external to the company. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's amazing too, as well. Are there any other projects at GitHub that I know there's some other open source projects, but I don't, I don't even know if they're still maintained or who, uh, like OctaKit wasn't even, it wasn't technically owned by GitHub until recently. Yeah, I don't actually know what the state of OctoKit is. Um, the other big, like our sister project is GitHub Desktop, um, okay, and yeah. that's still thriving. Um, and they have a very different mandate. Like they are trying to replace Git, um, but in, you know, by doing this GUI approach that really transforms what it's like to work with Git. So we have a very different kind of mission from GitHub Desktop, but we we operate really similarly. You know, in terms of uh, how we write code and interact with the company. Other than other than us two. 
I'm trying to think. Uh, and those are the two big ones. Yeah, um, there, there's yeah. the the ghost one, the GH Oast. The extension? Yeah. Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah. <laughs> that one, I know that one is, exists, and I know the person who created that is actually works at Planescale now. Hmm. Um, but I don't know I don't know how much that's maintained. The Git Ignore repo is like one of the biggest projects, but it's all a bunch of marked well, – it's not marked out. It's um, a bunch of Git Ignore files. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I actually yeah. was maintaining that until I left. Um, okay. Mainly because it's more of like this thing is going to go derelict and people keep opening up PRs. Let's do something with it. Mm-hmm. I still get pinged. They're like, hey, can you merge my thing? And I was like, no, <laughs> sorry. I don't work there anymore. Uh, yeah. So there's a trend happening right now where more and more startups are starting with open source first. If you check out any of the batches of YC, you'll see more and more open source companies now submitting applications to YC and getting in. Now, this is a good trend because the scale and velocity of what you can do and grow through open source is off the charts. Now at OpenSauce, we are invigorated by providing actionable insights. Insights at opensauce.pizza it's a platform to get intelligence on your open source projects. So if you're a company and you're up and coming through either YC or you're a Series A company who's looking to get their next round of funding and grow community, we have the platform for you. If you're interested in growing your project and growing your open source community, definitely check it out and let us know what you think. But so with the so the CLI's mandate, you are you're the voice of the external contributor. Mm. Uh, I'm curious how that sort of spins into product roadmap conversations. Like you got funding to ship this thing. Do you mm. feel, still feel like you have funding to continue the thing? It's different. I think so, you know, we're, we're kind of being put into a position more where we're building out this extensions um, feature so that people can add their own commands to the CLI because we realize like our team is, is small. We're three engineers. And once we did our big initial launch and got it out there and got adoption and traction, like think, uh, you know, our, we weren't getting pushed to do huge flashy release releases anymore. If that yeah. makes sense. So I don't like, we're not in maintenance mode, but we're putting our effort into creating it, uh, creating the ecosystem for people to ship their own custom commands and, and like helping them do that. So I just wrote a big guide uh, to do that. I did a blog post on the GitHub blog about how to write extensions. And we're trying to make that a really stellar experience because too many people, both internally and externally, are coming to us with ideas. Yeah. And we just like, we can't do it. So yeah. we don't have enough time. Yeah. And I think that that for, I think a lot of open source projects, um, if you look at the JavaScript ecosystem, the extension play, so Babel, which is still around, like the extension, the plugin, well, the plugin is what they call them, but that ecosystem is like where Babel thrives. Mm-hmm. And Webpack had that as well. And I'm like, I'm dating myself because that's when I was sort of doing a lot more JavaScript. But I, I think that's the way to go moving mm-hmm. forward. Um, and to have other folks, if you're, you know, working on your own tool and be like, hey, I'm going to open an issue to get these three engineers to go do a thing that could help my company out or solve my problems. It makes more sense to like, teach the man how mm-hmm. to fish rather than hand them fish is the, uh, I don't know if that's going back to the, uh, the, the Quaker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, I think it's working for us, I, I, you know, especially, uh, internally cause there's, uh, teams at GitHub that want to see their feature represented in the CLI yeah. and, you know, they're the subject matter experts, not us. So, you know, like when I did all the actions implementation for, for, oh, that was for you? GH, yeah. And, 
um, the actions team is busy. I mean, they they have a lot of work to do. And like they had zero time to, to contribute to this. And so it, it was an awkward situation of like, I'm just kind of on the fringe, like trying to learn as much as I can about about actions to do it justice in the CLI. And like we're trying to not keep doing that. We're trying to actually have people uh, write GitHub, write, write GH extensions. And then we've taken some of those and merged them into Trunk. Um, so it's a nice like feeder to get new features in uh, internally. And it's a good pressure release valve for external people because they want stuff in and we don't get it in fast enough. And it's like, just ship an extension. Like you're in charge yeah. of releases now and people like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. And they can own their, their own life cycle. And mm -hmm. like you said, the releases, have you crossed paths with like the, the probot folks? Um, it would be like, well, Gregor is one of them. I'm trying to think of anybody else who's still around. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, um, Tommy Bird. He's the one. He still kind of sticks around there, but he's working on GitHub pages now. Um, what about the, uh, anyway, I could probably name drop a bunch of people, but it sounds like you don't cross paths with anybody internal. I, I live an isolated life. I admit that. Like we, we you know, we, we hunker down in our Slack channel. We, uh, we're really like, wait, you do know, you have a separate Slack channel? Or you no, have no, no, no. We, we're, we're in the, the regular corporate, uh, Slack, but, um, we're, we don't like we're not trying to avoid people or anything, but it's just the way that it shakes out. We're kind of like in our own world most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's wild. you're on an island. And I think mm -hmm. there's there are other teams and large organizations that are very similar to yours, because uh, I know that I, I mentioned the, the ProBot folks because mm -hmm. that was very similar pre Microsoft, how that team operated, where they were building a cool thing to build GitHub apps. And mm -hmm. it was all open source. They had their own office hours. They had their own Slack. Uh, and I actually was introduced to this group and I was like, oh, wow, I can, cause I was building a lot of bots and mm -hmm. integrations and stuff like that. to kind of show how to use GitHub and the API and webhooks. And, uh, it was just like fascinating. Uh, what was challenging is because the Brandon keepers, who was there for so long, uh, when the acquisition happened, he decided, you know, maybe I'm going to go do mm -hmm. something. Well, he bought a boat and sailed the world. <laughs> nice. Um, but then ProBot kind of like sort of hit like a plateau and I think they, they're the sort of uh, the, the what I'm saying, successor of ProBot is GitHub Actions now. Oh, where yeah. Where ProBot yeah, okay. was, that was a tool if you want to integrate and do your own extension on top of GitHub without mm -hmm. creating a second bot account. Mm -hmm. um, and then GitHub Actions was like, oh, this is so much easier. And that became the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So like where there still makes sense, like open source, when you log in, we actually use a GitHub app. Mm -hmm. uh, and we also have like installations and GitHub apps onto repos because it's like, it is a bit of our secret sauce. Like our entire infrastructure was built on one GitHub app that was installed on repos we created for the user. Mm -hmm. And then we would create issues. Like our entire database was GitHub issues uh, that we would run actions on to keep updated mm -hmm. uh, and populate user data. Oops. And the, the thing, I, I did it that way because one, actions was free. Mm -hmm. But two, I did had a very high aptitude to use the API and just one of the sort of bandits to my will. Mm -hmm. um, we definitely grew out of it. We're actually moving off of the infrastructure like the last week. Okay. Um, but it was like, it was one of those things there. Uh, basically what I'm getting at is it was like a thing I learned from like this sort of like side room team. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, I have so many questions for you. Um, that's changed a lot because now GitHub's grown up and there's like a whole ecosystem. So I, I did want to actually talk about stuff that you have worked on in the past, like with the, the GitHub CLI. Um, I know there is the GH Garden. Yeah. Yeah. You want to explain that? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm like an imposter. I don't really belong in this industry. Uh, I just think computers are neat. I don't know. And to me, they're, they're just like 
that you can make them do funny stuff and artistic stuff and weird stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm like constantly looking for some time to, to steal and do something weird. Um, so we have, we have monthly, uh, hack days and I always try to do something creative, uh, each month, uh, with business interests that, you know, very, very far in the back of my mind. So one of the first ones I did was, uh, it's called repo garden. Um, and, it's uh you you run this it's in gh you can you can run it right now it's an easter egg uh it's not not listed anywhere i don't think but if you run gh repo garden it will uh look at your whatever repository you're in locally and then it will generate this kind of top-down view of a garden in ascii and so every single um commit is represented by a flower and the flower is is colored according to like a hash of the commit uh, message or something like that so you have a little character and you just walk around the garden and you stop over a flower and it'll tell you, oh, this was this is some commit by this person made on this day. And the idea is, is to just have like a little fingerprint for a repository, something that's different for every single repository. And the more long lived a repository is, and the more commits it has, the more it kind of fills up with flowers and gets denser and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, it's a, it's a different take on the contributor graph. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. it's a different lens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, any other Easter eggs you have in the uh, the CLI? Yeah, let's see. Well, so there's uh, credits is really cute. I think that was actually the first weird thing I did. Um, oh, you know, that, I used to run that... the credits after every stream on Twitch. Oh, so nice. we did a live stream and I'd run the credits. I actually forgot about that because I stopped streaming for like a summer, mm-hmm. and then I got back into it. I stopped doing the credits thing. I got to bring that back. Yep. Uh, so credits is similar to Garden. I, I was trying to think of like how can how can we like take people's contributions and just make them into something fun, colorful? So, um, so yeah, if you run GH credits, you get a scrolling list of credits of all the people who've contributed to GH, um, but you can point it at any repo. And so yeah. you get this like credit scroll, uh, scroll with, with some ASCII art. Um, that might be documented. I'm not sure if that's an Easter egg anymore. Um, since we've released extensions, um, I've just been putting all my goofy stuff in there um so is there like a is it is there a document or is there a doc for all the extensions that people are building or is it free form um a doc how do like you, how sorry do you... like a directory oh so um well actually we so we just shipped a new command uh called gh extension browse okay uh which opens up this like uh terminal user interface interactive view of all the extensions people have published on github so we find them based on a repo topic and a naming pattern and then we we introspect the repo to see like is you know is this an extension could we could we call this, um, and so yeah we just dynamically build up this this big directory of all the uh, extensions people have made so you can run that um, and then there has a little filter at the top just put in my handle and you'll see all my my root extensions um, the one I'm proudest of is is a gh screensaver which is uh, just a collection of ASCII animations so it's like a fireworks display. Um, uh, oh, pipe, like the pipes, the classic pipes yeah. uh, thing, but in 2D ASCII. Uh, somebody contributed a uh, Game of Life uh, little thing. It was cute. My pitch was like, you're waiting for actions to run. You just want to look at something pretty. So you run, you get a screensaver, get a random screensaver. Um, my most recent thing is probably one of the most cursed things I've ever done. Uh, it's called GH Chat. Uh, and it is a real-time chat application in GH in your terminal. Uh, backed by the most rugged and stable of databases, uh, GISTs. It's, 
<laughs> I guess I, I, so my original uh, tactic for open source was using just, mm-hmm. and that's how we were storing data. So I'm, I'm right there it with rules. you. It rules. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so you can, uh, you, you run ghchat and it'll give you an invite link and then you can send that to anybody and they run, you know, ghchat with the Is it code. the comments of the gist or yeah. is it going in the actual? It's, it's just comments, yeah. Okay. And the best part is that um, it's, uh, you get an SMTP gateway for free because GitHub just by default will email you for every gist comment. So uh, I would ask people to try out my stupid ghchat command and then their inbox would just get flooded for <laughs> every single chat message. Oh, forever. Oh, I guess you had to go to the gist and unsubscribe yes, or something. Yes, exactly. It's, maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud. It's kind of an abuse vector. Um <laughs> Don't please don't spam people. Uh, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, all my weird experiments just end up as extensions now. Okay, very cool. Well, now I know how to browse and now I know how to filter that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, I was going to ask you something else, but I went blank on that. But yeah, so there's there's a future for GitHub CLI, correct? A future? <laughs> you guys do a roadmap or anything like that? Oh, that's a good question. So yeah, we do do a roadmap. And um, it's uh, we try to balance um, internal requests with external requests and the way that we do that um i told somebody this last night and they thought they looked at me like i was crazy but it's very effective i just have a script that um it just looks at every single issue and every issue comment in the cli repo and then just sorts them based on emoji reacts uh and that's our roadmap so if you really want to see features in the CLI, just get emoji reacting. It, does, it can be a thumbs down; doesn't matter because my script doesn't look. It's just Wait, is that <laughs> script open source? Because I would totally do that. Uh, it's in my aliases config, which I have like an adjust uh, okay. online. Yeah, uh, um, I'll, I'll send you a gh chat link, and then you, you can send me the just <laughs> ID. Yeah, I'll send it to you over that. Um, yeah, it's crude. I mean, it's a simple uh, API invocation, but um, yeah. So we that's that's actually how we inform our, our roadmap, but. The big, big thing that we're working on right now is um, uh, encrypting your GitHub token at rest. Uh, I'm like, I like, I feel bad even saying it out loud because it, then you realize we don't do that. Uh, <laughs> but soon well, we you don't will, do it until soon. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very soon. Um, we will be uh, interfacing with key managers and different operating systems so that you don't have to just have an authentication token on your hard drive. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. I, um, yeah, so I, I do the GH auth login, mm-hmm. and I love that, but I guess it's, it's not encrypted um, it, for now. <laughs> but I actually wrote a whole blog post on this because I, I had got – I wiped my machine when I left GitHub. And, like, for every time I set up a new machine, I'm just, like, GH auth login. Mm-hmm. It, like, gets me my SSH key mm-hmm. and does all the work that normally would be, like, a whole day. <laughs> Not even a day, but, like, a couple hours to do mm-hmm. every time you start on a new job. And I'm like, oh, this is so nice. Like, I do give up a little bit not being able to control everything, but it puts it in the right place, mm. and I can make sure I'm always off in GitHub. And if I'm not, GH off login. Yeah. It's my favorite feature. I'm glad to hear that. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that, too. And, like, setting up Git for you is, like, sounds like such a small thing, um, but, yeah, it's super, super nice. Um, I think a thing that we want to do soon is uh, actually have it like configure your uh, your name and email address as well for you and Git. Cause that's like the next thing you go to commit to this new repo on a new machine and then Git yeah. yells at you for not having a name. Uh, so yeah, I think we, we want to help with that too. Um, yeah. I'm glad to hear it's been helpful. Yeah. yeah. I, I am, have been a big fan of CLI for a while or the GH 
CLI. And uh, yeah, I look forward to continuing to use it. I have not built an extension yet. I was It was all my roadmap of things to do before I left and I never got around to it. But I think we we actually have some ideas for things to, to do extensions with because we do do a lot of stuff with GitHub and GitHub API and open source. And uh, that I even like the stuff like the filtering, the credits, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to look at that code and like, we'll just get started there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would love to see that. Um, yeah. I, uh, I don't think I've merged it yet, but yeah, um, I'm publishing my guide for writing a Go extension teaches you how to use, we have a helper library that, uh, Expo- it, it gives you a lot of the code that we use in GH. You get yeah. to use it in your Go extension if you're writing in Go. Um, so my guide tells oh, you... Oh, just a general Go CLI extension? Yeah, so it's, it's a library called GoGH, and what, we actually extracted a lot of our code out and put it in that. So it's things like um, formatting output, like tabular output, um, sniffing your terminal to see if it's interactive or not, figuring out if there's color support. Um, so as an extension author, if you, you know, say you want to call an API and then like pretty... Per- pretty print a table of data, you can just call our library function to do that. You don't actually yeah. have to reinvent that. And there's a bunch of other stuff. You can, uh, it, it'll uh, sniff your auth for you. So as an extension author, you don't have to get people to log in. Like it'll just piggyback on GH's authentication. Um, it's, a, it's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So it, it really gets you going really quickly if you're, if you're working in Go. We don't have any libraries for other languages yet. Yeah. So your experience in Go so far, like, do you think you'd ever go back to, you know, the pearls of the world? No, I love Go. Uh, it goes great. Yeah. I was like, I had not written it before we chose it. We chose it because, um, honestly, for delivery. Like, we wanted to ship a binary. We did not want to have to think about people's local interpreter versions for yeah. Ruby or Python or whatever. And um, the, the you know, the quick compile time, the general just kind of accessibility and, and low learning curve and just how easy it is to cross compile and distribute was yeah. huge for us. Um, so that's why we picked it. And then I've come to really appreciate the language too. So yeah, no, I, all my side stuff isn't, isn't go now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the language for the cloud. It's, I guess. I don't know. It's the language for everything. I, yeah, I've replaced a bunch of bash scripts with it. Like it, I love how it can scale down to like really small tasks really well. Yeah. Um, like, you know, like Java has its merits, but I'm not going to replace a bash script with Java code. I'm just not going to yeah. do that, you know, in, but include the uh, JVM. Like, do you have, yeah. well, I guess you could bundle it together, but go, that's the other thing why I loved about go. Cause like all that sort of binary stuff, like mm-hmm. I had not really ever been exposed to. And it's like shoved in your face by default. Like, Oh, I guess this is how we do things here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I learned a lot about cloud development and Kubernetes and Docker through go, mm-hmm. but I was building like this simple go rest APIs. Mm-hmm. That's like, that was my intro to go. It's just like, Hey, I'm going to slurp a bunch of data from ESPN, which was, I built an app that basically it was called hustling and I slurped data from ESPN's API or it was someone built an API on top of ESPN. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to know when there was a baseball game. Because uh, if you don't know, <laughs> GitHub's office is right near the like, now Oracle Park. Mm-hmm. Um, then it was AT&T Park. But I just didn't want to go to the office when there was a baseball game. And I just wanted to like get a text message or run a CLI command yeah. and just tell me if there's baseball. Don't go to the office. <laughs> yeah. So I had like I had hustling. I had isthereBaseball.com. And, mm-hmm. and just wanted to know before like wake up, like maybe had coffee, eating oatmeal. It's like, did I get on the train or did I just work from home? Yeah. And nice. uh it was it was all written in Go. Cool, cool. Yeah, no, I love it. Uh, I, I like to do CLS stuff in Go. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I actually I run like a little artist's community online. Uh, it's called Tilda Town. 
Um, and uh, it's a social Linux server. So you get an account, you get a little tilde URL, like like in the 90s. Um, and you know, we just hang out on the shell, we chat and, and share weird stuff with each other. Um, I always call it, people think it's a social, social network, but um, I call it an artist squat. Uh, I, re- I really feel like we're squatting in, in the cloud. It's like, this isn't what you're supposed to use DigitalOcean for. You know, <laughs> a thousand people come in to hang out on a Linux server. Um, uh, but I've been using Go a lot there and it's, it's been, it's been so nice, um, because, you know, this server has been around since 2014 and I used to do everything in Python and having to maintain my like body of scripts, which I use for like creating user accounts and, you know, uh, reviewing signups and managing all sorts of stuff, um, got really painful. Like, you know, for, for something that long running to have to constantly be tracking these Python updates, uh, got really grim. And so uh, I do everything in Go now, and that's been super positive. So that's another, you know, kind of non-cloud use case um, that uh, I highly recommend Go for. It's like little command line programs. Yeah. So if someone wants to build an extension or join, is there a community around the CLI? Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess organically from our contributors. But uh, you just hang out in the issues. Yeah, we don't. We don't maintain. We might have a chat on like. Libra chat. I don't even, I don't go though. I don't know. Yeah. I'm unaware of any community uh, outside of issues. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And how's that, how's that working for you? Like, do you get, a, you get a lot of requests. Do you just point them to extensions and say, thanks for the feature, but take to extension. Like I, it sounds like there's a good pathway for people to land on too. Yeah. We do that a lot now. Um, you know, but every single issue that comes in, we, we read it. I mean, it, it's a lot of our time is, is, is open source maintenance. Um, <laughs> I mean, we have, you know, we trade off a uh, first responder role and that person's job for two weeks is to just read every single issue that comes in. Has this been asked for before? Is this part of a trend? Is this a thing that we want? Is it a thing that, that we don't want? Should we write it? Should they write it? Should it be an extension? It's, we do that for every issue that comes in. So um, we will often say, this is a great idea for an extension, go forth, and we'll just label it and let it sit around. Uh, or we'll say, you know, help wanted, here's what to do. Um, so it's a mix. Yeah, depends on the, the feature people are asking for. Okay, cool. Well, I, I will definitely be jumping in soon. And I uh, appreciate you coming out and having this conversation. And uh, folks, stay saucy. The Secret Sauce is a podcast produced in-house by OpenSauce, the open source intelligence platform, providing insights by the slice. If you're in San Francisco and interested in being a guest on the show, find us on Twitter at SauceOpen. Don't forget to check out OpenSauce at opensauce.pizza.